Good morning, sports fans. Mike Andafo here for the uh, weekend sports buzz, WXVW. Want to remind everybody, we got a good show today, but if you want to call and join the fun, the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 384-1450, we are going to be here talking about the week that was and the weekend that is in sports, and it's a busy one, and I am joined in studio right now by Jeffersonville head soccer coach Carson Webb. Carson, how's it going? Doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. So Carson's got come back after last week. I didn't torture him too bad, and I know Haven Harrington's going to be in studio joining us really soon, and uh, we already actually have a caller on the line, so we're going to go straight to it, and we're going to get to the truth. Truth, you there? Yes, I am. Sir, I'm, I know you were disappointed with the loss to Nebraska, but you had to be no, equally equally disappointed that your that your Indiana Hoosier girl basketball recruit didn't make the McDonald's All-American team. Said what? The, the girl that you've been telling me about that's going to Indiana did not was not a McDonald's All-American. Well, she's still a McDonald's All-American with truth. See, All right. <laughs> Mc, see, here's, here's what about the McDonald's All-American. They pick who, whoever they want. They don't never pick the good players. See, because just look at the boy at Louisville. He was a McDonald All-American, and what he's he's doing. The, uh, the, the Blackshear. Blackshear, that's true. That's true. I mean, he was also the player of the year in the city of Chicago over Anthony Davis. Yeah, so, so. you know, give me people like Victor Oladipo first, first picking the NBA, and, uh, and I'll win. Well, and I, I don't disagree with you there, Truth. I mean, it's definitely there's a lot of good players out there, and they all can't be McDonald's All-Americans. But the Hoosiers do have one for the fourth James straight year, Black. James Blackman Jr. And he's he's the next make he's gonna make a difference. He's the next Eric Gordon at Indiana. We ain't had a person like that since Eric Gordon. He's gonna be a man who can dominate both ends of the defense and offense. Now, let me get to this Nebraska game. I still like the way my Hoosiers play, and I still believe my Hoosiers going to make the tournament. And then you know what gets beaks making the truth upset about the Hoosier nation. Last year when we was winning, Tom Queen was the best coach ever came down the pipe. Now we get be thirteen and eight. They want to they want to turn against us. I don't I don't call <clears throat> them true. I don't call them true fans. Those are fair weather fans. Yeah, see, because if you go back uh, six years ago, we couldn't even win ball games. You brought a coach in out of Oklahoma. You had Mike Davis, and and we couldn't win. You we had a Mike baseball Davis player and a manager dressing. Yeah, I mean that's so, that's the truth, right? Truth, you yeah. know, and people ought to be thankful for Tom Quinn. Oh yes, we know we're not getting all the players in Indiana, but look at our roster. I know Michigan State and Michigan Wolverine got a lot in there. These days, children make choices where they go. These kids not like, they don't know the value is what playing basketball for Indiana, what Indiana means. And a lot of these kids want a quick fix to the NBA. They don't have a uh, mindset like Steve Alford, let me go to Indiana, not who the coach is. And it don't mean nothing no more. They don't have no value. The word of candy apple red play, and they should not. If if you don't want to go there, you should not wear the candy apple red. And then you, I heard a guy call last year was uh, last week, and uh, and this week uh, on another radio station was talking about Indiana won't have nobody on the front line next year. But that's not true. Yeah, but they're looking. You, they you know they're going after those two kids I told you about last week. Yeah, see, and 
people bring that's what people who don't know about Indiana basketball and about the crew. Now, who you got in the studio with you? I got Carson Webb, the guy I had last week, the soccer coach of Jeffersonville, and then Haven Harrison oh, just popped up. That's that's my friend. That Jeffersonville, I like I like Jeffersonville. <laughs> I remember when I was in uh, uh, Louisville, I used to come watch Jeffersonville football team, basketball team play. Well, this is the football team. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the football team. Don't they? Ain't they in the same division in, here in Evansville in football and basketball? Oh, you're and asking the wrong guy. You, Carson, you know? Are they in the for, same division? In same divi- as far as class, or are you talking about conference? In class. Class. Which, yeah. which team in Evansville? Bossy and uh, – I don't know what their class is. In soccer, there's only two. So okay. in football, you know, there's six. So it's, all right, it's all different. I'm not oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Well, truth. Well, here's my take on it. You know, I think I, I don't really fully get the Indiana. You know, you and I were high on Indiana at the beginning of the year, and so was Haven. And we knew that they had a great point guard, and Noah Vonley's been playing great underneath. It's those guys in the middle that have just not really come around enough. They got leadership with, with Sheehy. They're struggling to find a score. And, you know, I was hoping that Troy and Stanford could uh, fill that void and give them some points. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny to me, like Indiana and Kentucky are actually kind of similar. If a couple things start going the right way for them, they could turn things totally around. But you can't score 46 points at home against Northwestern. I mean, that's – That's right. Can't do it. So, Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. What, uh, what, is, um, what is the outcome of, of, of the Super Bowl? I'm going to go because there's three Kentucky Wildcats on the team. I'm going with the Denver Broncos. I figured you was. I just <laughs> set you up. I knew you would. I I am going for Seattle because the Big Ten quarterback. All right. That's fair. Well, they say defense wins championships. That's right. Seattle's got the defense. Any team that has two Kentucky Wildcats on your defense is going to win a championship. They're going to win. I mean, the Kentucky legendary I'm Kentucky going with the Broncos, defense. too. <laughs> hey, I, want to, I, want something, I want you to look at something. I've been looking at – do you know – if out of thirty eight, out of thirty eight out of eight, whoever the going leading in the fourth quarter always won. All right, that's a good, uh, that's a good, it's a good stat. Good stat there. Truth, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna move on. I appreciate the call. Okay. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right, have a great week, Truth. All right, good one, Truth. Man, we got so we got a busy show because I want to talk about all this. You know, kind of UK, U of L, IU, where they're at now. None of all three lose this weekend. They all can battle for the spot to be the number one seed last year in the NIT. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not that's really not that far off. I mean, because you know, Louisville. Well, it's not. I think it is. I think it's far off. I don't. They're 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 good teams, and they've got they've they've got the loss. I mean, they're Louisville, Kentucky, both of them haven't had a signature win really. But Indiana's not but, a tournament team right now. Well, maybe. But I think Kentucky and Louisville are. They, I, they I, probably are. But I don't even think. I, mean, I don't even think they're people. I'm hearing the, the panic button hitting all over the place. I mean, I'm a UK fan. You're a Louisville fan. I mean, it, you might hear that same thing as well. But I, people are pushing the panic button, and, and you know, in the SEC, Kentucky's got the they've got the bulls on their back. You're going to get everybody. Today's a big game. day, though, for them. It is a big, just like it was last week, and and you know they can they can't afford just like Louisville can't afford to take a day off, and they they got out straight out hustled against LSU. They just killed them. And that's LSU the one thing could. that I will say about Louisville over Kentucky is that Louisville at least has a quality road win with the UConn win. But that's it. But that's their only yeah. quality win, period. Yeah, that and makes then, it. 
Uh, but it's a it's a road win, which yeah. is huge. Kentucky can barely beat Vanderbilt on the road, and that's their only road win. Yeah, and the only quality win, I guess, would be beating Louisville at Rupp. That's the only quality win. Yeah, and you know, and that may not pan out to be too well, considering that Louisville's what zero and four against the top twenty five. So I mean, and then and of course now North Carolina's dropping like a freaking rock, and so that that's starting. And they to look, beat both of them and Michigan yeah. State, though. Let's be fair. I mean, it's not like they just beat Kentucky and Louisville. They beat yeah, they right. beat the good teams, and then they lose to you know teams like Virginia and it's UAB. It's just it doesn't make sense. Well, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I still don't think anybody has really emerged as the team this year. I think I think the talent spread around pretty well, and and it's still kind of early. For, for some of these Well, teams. you know, even with the talent spread around pretty well and all the parity in college basketball, you still expected a lot more from both U of L and UK this year. And IU. I mean, and I'm IU. not going to throw IU out of that because yeah, I mean, IU yeah. definitely should have been a – IU should have at least been, a to me, a, a solid 6-7-8 seed. Easy. And with the talent that they have – I mean, we just said, this is the fourth year in a row he's got a McDonald's All-American. Now, Zeller's not there anymore, but Yogi's still there. You know, Vonley's there. And when you talk about you want to build a basketball team, the two cornerstones that you want to build a basketball team around is a point guard and a post player. Mm-hmm. And that's what they got. McDonald's All-Americans that are very talented, and they can't – those gaps. You can't fill in the middle. And, you know, U of L is just an enigma wrapped in a conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> well, mean, let's, let's face it. Really, when you really look at it, Louisville probably has the most flaws out of all of them because they don't have that inside presence at all, and they struggle with length. Now, they might be the most athletic out of the three, but they don't have that. When you don't have anybody underneath and you have so much trouble with length in general. You know, even if you don't have that that player underneath, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's still not acceptable for the end-of-the-game breakdowns like you had against Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. You know, that's, that's unacceptable, and I think that's what – because the last – Excuse me, it wasn't last week, it was like the week before last, when I said that the, the team, the person he missed the most is Peyton Siva because he's the general and he can make those last game, those last second game decisions that you need. I'm still going to say it's Gorgie, though, because he anchored that defense and he allowed Russ and all those guys to take chances out the, on the outside. Well, he did, he did. But but still, but in, in these last second losses, what you're really missing is the playmaker. The play, well, the, not just was a playmaker, that true leader that can tell you. Well, that's what it, that's what yeah. I think it was. He, foul he this was dude. That, he was that leadership. Yeah, foul this guy he was now. The, he was the leadership on that team, and they, and they looked. Everybody looked up to him. Even yeah. the veterans looked up to Peyton, which rightfully so. I mean, he was he had he had all the. But why is that not leader. Russ? Why is Russ not the guy who can go in and make a big shot when they need him to make? Because it? That's not his game. I mean, yeah. that's not Russ's game. That's to me, that's Rozier's game. Rozier that, is the you're point not guard. you're not far off there. Yeah, that's going to be Rozier's game. He's but there's a difference the between guard. being the point guard and being the guy you want to have the ball in his hands when you need this when you need the bucket. You know, it all kind of started with Peyton, I guess, like two three years ago with that drive against West Virginia and the Yum Center. The first year the Yum Center was open. Yeah, and he. After that, he was hit clutch shots. You know, he could be 0 for 15, but he was going to hit that clutch shot. Mr. Curry. Yeah, so ways, you know. But, you know, at the same time, you know, Russ should have easily moved in that role. I, I don't know. I mean. But, but that's never been Russ's game. That never has been Russ's game. It's not Chris Jones' game. No. Chris Ru- Jones. Chris Jones way. and Russ Smith are the same dude. So They're both scorers, and they both look to score. Who do you want in the lineup, Rozier or Chris Jones? Rozier. I'm, I'm, I agree. Without a doubt. I mean, I, I wouldn't even blink. Rozier. Because Rozier, ba- Rozier's the balance to Russ Smith. You know Russ wants to score. 
He wants to break down the defense. He's trying to pass more. Yes, he's trying to become more of a point guardish type of guard, but he's at heart. A two. He's a scorer at, at heart. That's all he is. You need somebody that. Well, but they're not even trying, and they're not trying to make Russ to be a, two, a point guard. To be fair, I mean, no, they're not. They, and then what's going to be interesting to me next year? You get a guy like Quentin Snyder coming in, who I went and saw play last night against St. X, and they struggled with St. X the entire game, and then Quentin just put the freaking team on his shoulders and said, "We're going to win this." And they ended up they were down in the third quarter, and they ended up winning by fifteen, and Quentin just went crazy, and. um such a, I mean, just got everybody involved, everything. So you got Quentin, who's a great point guard, who I honestly believed, even though Loyal didn't have a McDonald's All American announced on Wednesday, Quentin and Shaquan Aaron were probably the, the next two guys on the team. You know, they were at least within the five guys of making the McDonald's All American team. So now you got Chris Jones next year because he's coming back. He's not going pro. He's way too little. And he just hadn't shown it this year. He's good, but he hadn't shown NBA talent. Chris and Quentin. Are they going to have to move Terry to the two to replace? Because Terry can score at Russ Smith at the Russ Smith level. He can. He can score at Russ Smith. I, I think it would be interesting. It would be, be interesting to see what Rick does. That's what I would do. But with well, Rick, it's hard to tell because like the first 10, 15 games of the season, you never know what he's going to do because he's just going to just throw all sorts of weird combinations out there. You know, you have – you know, Bingo and whatever this little new center from Africa is coming in. Both those guys will be starting in the post at the same time. And well, you saw Shinano too. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he's coming in. He's going to he's yeah. going to play. And then you just have you just have no idea what Rick's going to do the first fifteen games of the season because I'm sure next year we'll play all scrubs the first fifteen games of the season, which allow him to to do what Rick does best, which is play with the lineup. And he won't get serious about the lineup until mid January. Mid January, and then and then you'll realize, okay, this is what he's going to put on the floor. Yeah, because uh, I got to see Shaquan play for the first time. That is like Rick's. He's a beast. It's Rick's ideal wing. He can stroke you from the outside. He can attack the rim fiercely. He's long and lanky, and I mean, I I think Shaquan is going to be an incredible player here. You know, see, the thing always baffled me about Rick. I always felt that Rick's best team, if he could just recruit that his best players, would be a team full of forwards and maybe one center that can all shoot threes. And to me, that seems like what. I don't know. It seems like his way his coaching style and the way he plays ball—that's what he really wants. It's just I think I a think team he's moving that forwards way. that can shoot threes, and I think that's what he'd be most ha- happy with. And they got to rebound. All right, so we are. That was a quick first segment. <laughs> We're going to go back to this and talk about it. Uh, next segment. We got the legendary Lloyd Gardner from Fairydale High School coming on. They got a big basketball event out at Fairydale tonight. He's going to talk about what's going on at Fairydale. We'll get back into this UK IU talk after that. Ten o'clock hour. Kentucky McDonald's All-American Carl Towns is going to be joining us on the air uh, live from New Jersey, Uh-oh. and uh, it's going to be that will be a big time interview for us, and we're really excited. So um, we're going to go ahead and take a break now. We're going to get Lloyd Gardner on the phone, and then we will be right back on the weekend sports bus. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, welcome back, sports fans. We are here on a Saturday morning, a balmy Saturday morning. It feels like summer outside compared to what we've had. I think we're going to hit at the mid-50s today, which is uh, incredible. Time for shorts and flip-flops, That's baby. right, baby. Pull them out. So, uh, yeah, we are now joined on the line by local basketball legend, Coach Lloyd Gardner. Coach, how's it going? How you doing, Matt? I'm good. Uh, so, just real quick, 
I, you know, you, I, I don't know if you listened to us last segment, but we were uh, we're talking about the Louisville basketball season a little bit and uh, their search for you know a quality win and and kind of who's going to be the guy that kind of steps up and and comes alive at the end of the uh, ball game when they need it. Well, I still think you have to rely on uh, Hancock. You have to rely on uh, Russ Diculus, who's not near as ridiculous as he was before. I think uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, Jones is kind of taking some of that, but he played very well the other night. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Harold is getting much better every game. Uh, of course, he has to take that dominant role because he's the only big man that can really score underneath. So, uh, what, what, what do you are, think? What do you think about Montrez as a pro prospect? I mean, because. Right now, he's got to show to me that he can step away from the basket and score, you know, in that 10 to 15-foot range. Well, there's not any question about it. I mean, he's going to have to step out because he's not going to be a center in the NBA. And uh, on some teams, he might be a power forward, but still, uh, those guys are so strong. But not anybody going to out-muscle him, but he has to be able – he's not going to be able to put his back to the basket like he does at Louisville unless somebody plays a double-low post. And I, I, the one guy that we were talking about a lot in the first segment is a guy that played in the Derby Classic and uh, that I recruited to play there. And he just uh, – he, he the Derby Classic was kind of his coming out party. And then Rogier. he – Rogier, to me, has just shown not only the tremendous versatility to give the team what it needs when, when they need it. Well, I think he's done a great job of understanding what his role is very early. Uh, in the opportunity in any any team, I don't care whether it's professional, high school, uh, or college, uh, it's mostly about playing time and getting an opportunity to show what you do. And had Jones not gotten hurt, he would probably, uh, Rozier would be playing a lot less minutes, but he had a chance to come in there and prove himself while Jones was on the bench. And, and it's really stepped up his game. It gave him some confidence. He knows he doesn't have to carry the load alone now, but he looks for other people. He takes care of the ball. He has very few turnovers. He's been very impressive for a freshman that's gotten a chance to show what he can do, and, and that's very encouraging for the Louisville Cardinals. Okay, Coach, you've got a big day today out of Fairdale. And uh, so your, your first ever uh, King of the Bluegrass Showcase today, and you've got just a great lineup. Tell us a little about, a bit about what's going on out of Fairdale today. Well, it's going to be an unbelievable day. Believe it or not, I'm sitting in front of the gym talking to you because we open the doors at 1230, and the first game is at 130. It'll be uh, the 16th team ranked in Kentucky Iroquois against the number one 5A team in Georgia. And I'll tell you what, they put a whipping on my host school, Fairdale, last night, who has a pretty darn good team. We were down 14 to nothing before we broke their press, and uh, they're just so athletic, so well-coached. Uh, as I said, they're number one 5A team in Georgia and, and just a great team. be a great matchup with Jeff Morrow and his uh, Iroquois team. The second game is going to be Fairdale versus Jeffersonville, Indiana. Of course, we've never had an Indiana school in uh, Fairdale High School gym. They can't come to the, to the Classic in December because they can only play a single game uh, across the river. It has to be a regular season game, not a tournament. And then at 3 o'clock, uh, what a great matchup. Pleasure Ridge Park, number 6 in the state versus number 12, not County Central. And we all know that Cameron Justice is the number one sophomore junior in the state. Uh, they're going to be playing PRP. And, of course, uh, Lamontre Harris had 30, 32 points last night and I think 12 rebounds when they played. I think he's a little uh, upset about getting snubbed from that Mr. Basketball finals list. Well, I think he had to be upset. But you know what? When you put yourself – in the situation where you're going to go to Tennessee right off. Believe me, that does affect 
uh, what happens in the state of Kentucky. You can you can tell people what you want to, but I've been around long enough to know that once he committed Tennessee, uh, he probably won't be Mr. Basketball. That kid has been on a freaking tear though this year, and uh, you know it's kind of just unfortunate because I I don't know if there's been a bigger rise in a kid from. Just uh, his improvement from a junior year to the senior year. It's been inc- incredible what he's done. So, Well, we're really excited about having Cameron Justice come in here, and particularly playing against Pleasure Ridge. He'll find out exactly uh, where his team stands, and we're, we appreciate Coach King bringing his team down here. But when you come to Louisville and you come to something like this classic, you're going to find out what you need to work on. And uh, I'll tell you, it's like last night. We had August in here, and the box kid is absolutely fabulous. He can pass it. He can shoot it. He can handle the ball, and and I know Bellerman's very interested in him. But back tonight, the six o'clock game is going to be Franklin, Ohio, with a top fifteen player in the nation, Luke Kennard. He's just a junior. Uh, he's averaging forty points a game. He wow. is very. Now you talk about Louisville needing a player. They need Luke Kennard, and he's down. And played, Louisville and Kentucky's on his list. Louisville, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Florida are his final seven, which he named last week. And uh, as I've told many people, before Charlie Strong left, they offered him a football scholarship. He's a pocket passer. Uh, On his list are Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, and he's just a junior. But I really think the kid's going to play basketball. Yeah, he's kind of blowing it up basketball-wise. I know his dad kind of wants him to play basketball. And But what a great opportunity for L and UK fans to go out there and try to battle to see if you can show this kid the most love. I don't think there's any question. The Louisville and Kentucky fans need to show up. And to be honest with you, they're playing at 6 o'clock so the Louisville fans can come out and support Luke. And he cannot, He's also going to the game tonight at 9 o'clock in, in the Yum Center. So uh, we kind of set things up that way. They are, they've already pre-bought 70 tickets to come down and watch their, their star player play. And you know the reason it's been so important for Louisville to get him. Louisville needs some scores next year. When you lose Hancock, uh, he's just such a tremendous scorer. He plays a lot like Luke, except I think he's a lot more fluid. He averages 13 rebounds a game. He's at 53-50. and 50 And, uh, you know, I just think he's one of the greatest players in the nation. Great. And then you, your nightcap is a big one, too. I don't know if there's ever been a game in the state of Kentucky this year against two better teams, Ballard and Christ Presbyterian, out of Nashville, Tennessee. They won 82 straight games in Tennessee. Uh, they're coming in here and playing Ballard. They played them the last two years in the Canterbury Grass Holiday Classic in the finals, and CPA beat them both years. And Coach Drew Maddox tells me that they're better than they were last year, and, you know, they had Jalen Lindsay and lost him. That's right. So if they're better than they were last year without uh, Jalen Lindsay, they're going to be awesome. But there are plenty of seats available. There's plenty of time to get here, but the gate's open at 1230. But if you want to see these people, uh, you got to get out here and get in the stands. What's it cost for a ticket for the, to enjoy this great day of basketball? $10. $10 for all those great games. That's unreal. $10 for all day. We're uh, we just excited. We don't want anybody to start the rumor that it's sold out. Uh, CPA bought 125 tickets, and Franklin bought 70. The rest of them are still in the ticket office. You were talking about Cameron Justice a little bit. You know, that Taylor Kellen game, they got a pretty good sophomore, too. Oh, they got a Taylor County. I forgot about Gooden. Gooden's coming up here and putting his showcase on for the first time in Louisville. And if you look back, we have the number one senior in the state, the number one junior in Justin, and number one sophomore in Gooden, plus a top 15 player in the nation, 
Also, uh, Braxton Blackwell's a top 15 player in the sophomore class. That's in the right. Country, so, and Louisville's also recruiting him. That's right. And Quentin Gooden is getting recruited by Kentucky. So, right. Uh, this is going to be uh, just a, a great day. It's a great event. And, uh, Coach, I really appreciate you putting it on and coming on the air this morning. Matt, thank you for having me. And uh, I just appreciate your show so much. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That is a lineup. That's a lineup. I was I was on the fence about going out there tonight, but I think I'm going to have to end up going out. You're going to have to go, man. That is a – I mean, you can watch the U of L beat up on UC, uh, what's it, UCF. Was that what they got tonight? Yeah. 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 Like, what, the, the 100th and millionth ranked team in the country? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, – and Matt got a lot of shout-outs. Matt, Matt, our producer, got a lot of shout-outs in that uh, thing. But yeah. that's right. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, we are uh, – <clears throat> we're moving on here. You know, he brought up some good points about, about – you know, Louisville needing Luke Kennard. I, I think that Luke Kennard would definitely help because he is a great scorer. But they got some good scores still coming back. I mean, we got a guy like Anton Gill, who's an unbelievable scorer, who hadn't even gotten off the bench this year because there's not enough guard playing time for him. And it's not like this kid's a slouch. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, you know, I think he'll come around as a scorer. Terry was putting up 60, 70 points a ball game, not all every ball game, but on a regular basis. Um, at Hargrave, so he's obviously a scorer, and you guys got you know guys like Shaquan coming in who are obviously scores as well. Once again, what I'm worried about for next year is going to be what well the post can Mango actually can he can he make that big leap from this year to next year as far as learning how to be a center because I mean he. But what, what about let's compare where Mango is now to where Gorgie was as a freshman? Uh, you really can't because Gorgie had that innate shot blocking ability in him. Like he like he just knew like when to jump and how to time a block. That's something that you didn't have to teach Gorgie. You had to teach him other aspects of the offense. But that's one thing you didn't have to teach him was like how to block shots, uh, the tenacity to rebound. You know those things you didn't have to teach him. That he kind of had that innate instinct. Mango. You really you're teaching him everything. But is his upside? I mean, I think that his upside is to be what Gorgie is. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. I think he's got that ability. He actually might even be a little bit more athletic than Gorgie. He, he may be more athletic, but you know, it, it's hard to teach instinct. And, I, and you, you're as, right. You, I mean, it's I agree. It's hard to you. teach instinct, and he just doesn't have that shot blocking instinct. I mean, he can block shots, but if you give him a good pump fake, he's going to go for it almost every time as we saw against Cincinnati. You give him a good pump fake, and yeah, he's, he's going to go for it, and you can just go right past him. I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what uh, Cincinnati did. They drove right at him. And you can't, you know, you're that tall, you can't drive. You're not supposed to be drive right at your center. Give a pump fake and, you know, easy shot. Move on. You know, that can't happen. Um, he's learning. We'll see. Honestly, I was expecting a little bit more to Mango this year, only because he was in practice all of last year. Uh, so he got to, you know, he got to practice against Gorgie all of last year. So, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, having a whole year of practice and then almost most of this season with actual playing time, you know, I, I expect to see this a little bit more development out of Mango than what I've seen so far. Well, they do that. I've heard so many stories in college basketball where somebody will, will be the best thing that's ever happened in practice. I mean, that happens in sports all the time. A great practice player can't do it on the, in the game or they – that you think they get that experience in practice, and then you know they just can't do it in the game. I mean, that's that's got to be the biggest challenge about recruiting these kids is you don't know what's going to turn up when they get there, when they when they get on the floor, and where they're going where they're going to be. I mean, they, you can have all the talent in the world, and you've seen that millions of times with with college basketball as of late, where you get lots of talent, 
Nothing happens. All right, so and that's and Coach Cal's kind of dealing with that a little bit now. Yeah, <laughs> in some ways, and, and I want to get but, into that. But yeah, we can't hit the panic button. Though. No, I, I agree with that. But I mean, I think there are some things that need to be pointed out. Now, I want to do that in the next segment, the nine forty. Where where is this Louisville team? Before we let's let's finish up with Louisville. We got four months left in the segment. Where is this Louisville team going to end up? You know, uh, anywhere between a five and eight seed and an attorney. You don't think they can go better than a five seed? You know, the problem is that they. They don't have anybody on the schedule. They, they, don't, they haven't played anybody. The one team that they did beat, UConn, on the road. Um, Which they're no slouch. Yeah, well, no, they, you're right, and UConn is no slouch. But, you know, you still don't have, a, like, a, a couple of quality wins to kind of flood your resume. Uh, as the Big as the Big East, as the AAC yeah. tournament goes I said on, that this year. Um, you know, they play Memphis again. They play Cincinnati again. They play them on the road, so they have a chance to get a couple of you know road wins against top twenty-five t- uh, competition, which would help a, a great deal. And I, and I think that you know these next couple of games is really going to determine where UofL falls, and then they're going to have to have a great run in the tournament to to really affect their season. But remember that the season ended like right now, and you didn't have an AAC tournament, things of that nature. I'd say a little probably like a six or seven seed. I mean, I think that's probably fair. I mean, I, they gotta, they have to build that resume with something. So, you know, they do have – they have to go to Memphis. You know, if they can avenge that loss and go to Memphis and beat Memphis, um, they do have to play UConn again. You know, that's the nice thing, I guess, about this AAC schedule is they got to play everybody twice. And then they got the other game against Cincinnati. And then – you know, SMU's on a bu- on the bubble of making the tournament, so it's not like that. And they have to go down there. Um, it's not like they don't have no one left on the schedule, but th- they have to take advantage of the these quality almost, applications. These are must-winning games now, these and are, they can't drop against a team they shouldn't lose to. You know, like tonight. You know, I, I don't see Louisville dropping against a team that they shouldn't lose to because they've beaten all the teams they're supposed to beat. All the, all the weak teams on the schedule, they've laid waste to them. It's when you play quality competition that's up to your level of competition, they faltered. So it's it's really going to be incumbent upon UofL. They're going to have to beat Memphis. They're going to have to beat Cincinnati. Uh, if you're going to drop one, I say they drop Memphis or UConn, but you have to beat Cincinnati. In the Natty. Yeah, you, you have to beat Natty. You, you don't have a choice. But that, that, that is a must-win game because you need at least one win over a top 25 opponent. That would be it. All right, this doesn't make any sense to me. I'm looking at Joe Lornardi's uh, bracketology, and he's saying that, and this was updated the 30th, which is the day that they played um, Cincinnati. Was, yes, that okay. was Thursday. So this was probably before the loss. So this might not – he had him as a four seed before they lost uh, in the south region. So obviously now that they lost, they probably would move down to probably that five, six seed that you were kind of talking about. So that's probably a fair assessment. All right, so we are, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Kentucky Wildcats – um, I got some. I, I got an interesting question, I guess, to pose to all those Kentucky fans. We'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Bus. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, guys, welcome back. Weekend Sports Buzz here on uh, the first day of February. 
and we're talking a little basketball, and we, uh, we've been kind of talking about Louisville and where they're at, and now we're going to jump into Kentucky. I kind of want to listen to what said Ice Cube song. we got to listen to more Ice Cube. Hey, just a quick question to you two. So last Sunday was the Pro Bowl and the Grammys. Which one did you watch? Neither. Neither. I didn't watch either one. I think I watched cartoons with my kids. You know what? I take that back too. But I watched a little bit of the, of the Pro Bowl. Okay. I, I watched. I watched like the last the last quarter of the Pro Bowl there. I actually watched the Grammys. Ah, so good deal. I, the, the Pro Bowl just doesn't interest me at all. Even though it was kind of cool how they did this year with Jerry and Dion. Uh, and Dion, how old did Dion Sanders look on the? the about broadcast? fifty years. About a hundred years old. That little white beard of his. Man, that don't make you. That don't make you feel just like the New Albany kid before our show coming in here and saying that his dad played in the nineties. I was like, Ooh. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, I just I don't know. The Pro Bowl just doesn't do it for me. Well, you know, the problem is like all those Pro Bowl games and all, you know, they're all kind of like, like you know, even like the like Pro Bowl's probably the worst one. I think of all professional sports, and their Pro Bowl's the worst. Uh, maybe Major League Baseball, maybe like. Come on now, don't do that to me. Major League Baseball is the, my favorite professional sport. But they don't. But but all those All Star games, they don't care. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, about the inter- they're about as Major League Baseball is the best All Star game. And it, you know what? I, I may have to maybe give a little nod to the NBA only because of the dunk contest. Well, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Well, but the, all those all those All Star games are better. But they're they're as disinterested <laughs> in being there as Alabama was in their in their bowl game this year. That, oh, wow. <laughs> well, I don't think Alabama was disinterested. I think they just got the. The smack put down on them and just couldn't come back from getting this. I don't think they cared never. to be there. Oh, I don't care. know. I don't think not second half didn't look like they cared a bit. They're but uh, actually, at the first half they cared. They, they the first half they looked okay. The second half when they started losing, they were like, "Man, we're not the national championship. I don't care." I think it hurt the recruiting, but I know we're not talking about that right now. But well, I mean, we did get a little bit of a recruit. I mean, we we just jumped all over the place. But David Stern ends his uh, NBA run as commissioner. It's unbelievable what he's done with the league, but. To be fair, he came in at like the ideal time. We had Jordan. And, well, Jordan was not; it was just just starting out. Yeah, but but that was like, but he came in right when everything just took off. Because you know, y'all had the Lakers were already kind of like a dominant team. Yeah, the Lakers, Celtics, Magic, Bird, with all that energy. Yeah, then you had the Detroit just came was was coming up with the Bad Boys, and then the Bulls come on the scene, and then you have those great. You know, Charles Barkley, we had, like, superstar on top of superstar. First NBA draft lottery with Patrick Ewing going to the Knicks. With, I the, mean, with the frozen envelope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they had all kinds of stuff just really happen. storm. Yeah, and, and, but to be fair, I mean, he, he took that perfect storm and really grew the NBA. I think when he came in, there was 23 teams, and now there's 30. And uh, the the international part of the game has grown tremendously. And, uh, you, know, which, you know, I always thought that the NBA would become more of an international product than the NFL and, and come to listen to Roger Goodell. You would think so. You know, come to listen to Roger Goodell. They're talking about putting a team right. in London. Yeah. Well, like they've, soon. Yeah. And they've played there the last couple of years, and, you know, I guess that was kind of the test run to see if they, if they could uh, they could take it. So. The NFL Europe is a test run, and they had a couple of games in London, so I think they – Well, they follow it as well. I mean, I went to Europe a few years back for soccer, for soccer games, and, and they were – they were. That was asking them about their programs and stuff. And it, we went to Manchester United game, big you know, big professional soccer uh, team over there. And th- we got to meet some of the owners, and they're like, "Hey, did you watch? What about the New York Giants? I mean, they they were up on it. They were yeah, seriously they interested and in, in, in watched the NFL. I mean, I think it would work. All right, so uh, let's get on to the Kentucky Wildcats here, and um, the Kentucky Malcats. They lost LSU. Okay, now 
Haven might remember this, but early in the season, I was when, before the season started. We were doing like a little bats preview. I kind of said that I felt LSU could be a top twenty-five team by the end of the year because LSU's got a lot of talent. They have not shown it this year with their poor records. Kind of similar, I guess, to Indiana. But they've got all the pieces they need. I mean, front court wise, they've got two McDonald's All Americans with Johnny O'Brien and Drell Martin. Uh, they have Jordan Mickey, who played in the Derby Classic last year, is just establishing himself as one of the best uh, post defenders in college basketball as a freshman. Anthony Hickey, the local kid from uh, Christian County, he went down there after winning Mr. Basketball uh, as a as a guard. I mean, they got a lot of pieces. They got a great two guard, although his name is completely blanking on me right now and uh you know tim quarterman coming off the bench who's highly recruited too they they've got a lot of pieces this was not as bad of a team i guess is what people want to make it out to be when you look at the pieces just like the pieces are there and this was one of those test games for uk i thought because this was a team that's kind of long they can kind of play with kentucky and they show that they could and their big man was just he was just unreal. He was Kentucky got smacked in the mouth. They were out hustled. He was just the entire game. And it, well, and you know, I will equate LSU to like a poor man's version of Arizona. There's no chance now I want Kentucky to play Arizona in the in the NCAA tournament because I think Arizona would just destroy them, smack them. And because of that same thing, I mean, Arizona's got great length. They've got good steady guards and uh, who who just hustle their tail off and. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I, we talked about it last week a little bit with Kentucky uh, basketball and you know, brought up the, that Kentucky wouldn't have won that national championship without senior Darius Miller. So Kentucky faces that problem with that they had with LSU. Say it's tournament time. Okay. Who's the guy that's going to put the team on their back? I don't know because that's you would think that Willie Collie Stein would he step did it up earlier, he's but freaking he is, and being a baby right he now. He has dropped. I mean, he was the most consistent player for a while. Now, I mean, I guess – Jones, I mean, but and, and you want to put that on a freshman? No, so that's the problem. Kentucky doesn't have that that leadership they can go back to, and, that, and that's what I always said about this Kentucky team. Why I didn't think they could have a chance to win a national championship or the Final Four would would literally be their ceiling, is because you know when tournament time comes, you need that experience. You, know, you need that guy who's been there before that can say, "Okay, I got this. Let's steady the ship. Let's not panic. Mm-hmm. Follow me." And I, they just don't have that this year. Sweet sixteen tops. I think they're. Uh, I think the bigger issue really comes down to the fact that they have not been able to figure out how to maximize the game of all five players they have on the floor at the same time. The mm-hmm. style of play that you have to play for Julius Randle is not conducive to the Twins playing well, and the style of play that the Twins need to play to be successful is not conducive to Julius Randle playing well. James Young can kind of float in between and be good either way. If you can get him a spot-up shot, especially if it's an inside-out three, he's going to knock it down. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Collie Stein needs to be comfortable with his role as being a shot blocker and not have as big of a scoring presence but be able to score when he's called upon. You know, uh, Poitras is doing, I, I think, out of all the guys, is probably doing the best. And, and then Dakari Johnson comes up, you know, mm-hmm. big. I, hopefully Dakari starts today against Missouri. I hope he does. I, I, they need – Right now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it'd be a bad time to, to kind of play with the lineup a little bit. Again, I mean, I know that you don't want to do that, but what are you going to be? Is is Cal going to sit there and be and be fine with the way it is right now? I mean, they they cannot. 
that this team will not go very far if the, if this is the way if if this is the way they're going to go the way they play against LSU. There's no heart, and they have to have. So, and I don't think it's and like we talk about the panic button. It's not time to hit the panic button. It's just time to get back to basics and 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 find out what works. And I think that that fooling with some of the personnel issues, Mike. I think you're right, or Matt, whatever your name is. Uh, <laughs> I think that I think that uh, that's that's what you're going to have to do is is kind of play with it and, and see who's going to work well, so you can maximize your your team. So well, and and the interesting thing you just said to me was you know how much they really go in here. So do these kids come in and they look at this? As a, you know, I got put in my year and then I'm going to the NBA and I don't really care about it. Or as opposed to a kid like Anthony Hickey, who was a Kentucky born kid, who goes down there and playing college basketball means a ton to him. And he's out there competing at a high level all the time. And so I guess my question is would you rather have a solid guard like Anthony Hickey that has been, ever since he stepped on LSU, all three years, he came in as a freshman and was one of the top freshman guards in the SEC. Would you rather have Anthony Hickey for three years or would you rather have Marcus Teague for a year and then Harrow slash Polson for a year and then now Andrew Harrison? One, two, three. I mean, Hickey. Is there any <laughs> is there any doubt that Hickey just destroyed Andrew Harrison the other night? Uh, yeah, experience. Um, Andrew Harrison maybe has more quote-unquote talent. But, you know, a lot of it, the rest of it is heart driving. And experience, knowing how how to break down your man, how to play defense on your man, especially within a team concept. Well, he was bitter. Something. He was bitter too. He was very bitter that game. Yeah, you could you could see it, and, and that, that's where the heart comes in. You know, well, you're right? But, but you that. Everyone says that. But when Hickey came out, he was a he was a guy who was really looked at as more of a football recruit than a basketball recruit. And then he goes on this unbelievable tear in the state tournament and was able to pick up some uh, Division One interest, and then he played the way he played in the Derby Classic, and then that's when the LSU really got serious and took and wanted to take him on. And so he just maximized his opportunity. So I don't know how much he ever really thought he was in play for Kentucky. Well, you know. Looked like it. To me, I think what's going to happen, I think you're going to see maybe a change in, well, you should see a change, should I say, in the way Calipari recruits. Like recruiting out a superstar quote-unquote, one-and-done kids, but he's going to have to recruit maybe not the super high-tier kids and have a team full of super high-tier kids. He's going to have to maybe recruit that that next-level down kid that's going to stay for four years. It's got to be a mix. Coach him up. Yeah, he's going to have to start mixing them up now because the super the Harrison twins, when they announced, I mean, their dad you know, flat-out said, the reason I want my, kid to go to, my, my kids to go to Kentucky because they'll go to NBA. And he said that on, on National Signing Day as soon as they yeah. picked the hats up. I want my kids to go to the NBA, hence they're going to Kentucky. Right. And it, well, do you think that, that, do you think that that's, that's playing a role? And, and it's kind of a stupid question, but do you think that plays a role when Kentucky hits adversity on the floor? I think that's playing a big role. Those kids, I, I, think, I think this year's uh, the Harrison Twins. I'm not, I'm not going to say all, the, all of them. I, I say the Harrison Twins especially. I think they kind of have that preconceived – I think for most of the season they've had that preconceived notion that we can just play well enough – Kind of hang out in the system, and we'll get drafted. Who was it that uh, Mike? I think you said it to me last week. When, you know, that was the first time. This is the first time the Harrison twins that they've ever been criticized for the way they play basketball. Exactly. I think you said that, to yeah. Me. right? Yeah. Or, but it was that was an interview. They gave it in an interview. They, they said that in an interview, and it's just like you know they got to learn how to handle that. Yeah, and and I agree with you that that we probably need to. We Kentucky probably needs to. You can say to, we. That's to, okay. To look. <laughs> 
to to look at to look at some of those um those those recruits that are coming in and you know what what is the what are they really going to what what are they really wanting to get out of this and and, 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 and yeah and that's and that's why you need that second tier guy like a hickey that you know is going to stay for four years and be the steady a steady yeah. the ship guy on your team yeah and that's what you need the superstars can come and go but you need that that core base, and that's the only reason UK won a national championship because they had that core base there. They had those guys. Darius Miller cared. Yeah, they had those guys that cared that played for the. Tommy Hawkins cares. I yeah, mean, I think that's going to be the guy that's going to be his I guy hope in he the gets future. And I think you got guys on this team that are going to stick around longer than you expected, and you got guys definitely next year. Well, a lot of guys have no choice around. but to stick around. Yeah. And we lost. We thought about the other day. We lost Chris Lofton yep. to, to Tennessee. That and th- that would have been. That would have been a, that'd be a, huge. huge. That would have been great for Kentucky. All right, look, we got a caller real quick before we get to the end of the segment. Gordon's on the line. Gordon, how's it going? Pretty good. How y'all say? We're good. What do you got for us, Gordon? Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. Somebody said, well, they like baseball. Who, who's a baseball guy? I like baseball. Mike. You're the baseball guy? Yeah. I got a trivia question for you. Oh, man. This is not – see, this is not right. Oh, come on. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll do my best. Who Who – Holds the Major League Baseball record for two base hits in a season. <sighs> for doubles in a season. That's easy. I yep. would have to say, is it Pete Rose? No, it's Earl Webb. Are you serious? Yep. Because your last name is 1931. Is that what it is? Yes. It's my great uncle. It, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So are you related to Carson in some way? Maybe. <laughs> it's according to who's asking what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> depends on if I'm in, in timeout or not. Uh, I like that yeah. I like that Carson came out with the Earl Webb. You never should have said that was your uncle because everybody would have been amazed at this guy that doesn't like baseball. He's a, best, do that. He's a baseball hey, savant. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Go hey, do you have anything else for us? I, I, I got I got another question. I just want to hear hear an opinion, him being a soccer guy and stuff. Like, I just want an opinion uh, – how much disparity is there difference between NCAA soccer and top NAIA soccer? And I'm sorry, NAIA soccer. Uh, not mu- there's not much difference. Really? No, no. There's not because a lot of those. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick story. In Indiana University won the won the national championship in 1997. So did Lindsey Wilson. Uh-huh. They played. Lindsey beat them seven to one. Whoa. Which really? I don't know they played who that, all pl- they played that season. Yeah, they both won the national. I mean, it, it's NEI is Columbia, Kentucky versus Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> you know, Kentucky wins. <laughs> um, but they end up they end up getting a lot of the kids in NEI that do not, which is probably true all over the place. That maybe don't have the grades, or there's something that they can't go Division One, didn't get recruited, whatever the case may be, um, and they end up getting. Uh, and they and they can get a lot more. There, there's not a rule on their foreigners. Uh, they can get as many as they want. So Lindsey Wilson has, I think, three Americans on their team, and they're all goalkeepers. There's, and so <laughs> and so they got. NCAA has a rule on how many foreigners you can have. No, I don't. Think oh, so. oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, in, in Division One they do. Oh, do they? They do. They, they you can only have a certain number with their scholarships, and and and, and that's all across the board. Anyway, you know, whatever. They want the. They want the. So you go to Europe and just knock yourselves out. Yeah, they do. They've got those pipelines and bring those guys in, and you know, and that's just that's that's kind of like what they do with uh, in in basketball. You know, they have twenty four year old kids coming over. There you go. All right, well, we got to get to a break. We're at the end of the hour. Gordon, thanks for calling in. On the other side of the hour, Carl Towns, UK basketball All American, is coming on with us. We will be right back on the weekend sports bus. 
You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, sports fans, welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo here in studio with Haven Harrington, Carson Webb. And uh, we are joined by a very special guest right now on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. 2014 McDonald's All-American, future Kentucky Wildcat, current Dominican national team member, great poet. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Slam dunk contest champion, Carl Towns. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Carl, what's going on, my man? I, real quick, tell people a little bit about... Um, the selection process for you and, and how Kentucky kind of became to the forefront because you really only took one visit. You knew it was Kentucky, and then that's where you wanted to go. Uh, you know, it was just uh, you look at the school, you see the tradition, the basketball history, you can't turn away from it. And also, you know, Kentucky just having a, which is surprising, you know, people don't really ever think about it, but Kentucky having such a great education standard for uh, for me, it was just, uh, just made it an easy uh, choice to make. Yeah, and, and, you know, for you that don't know, a lot of you all don't know, Carl's an excellent student. You're a 4.0 student, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a 4.3. Uh, you know, I, now I'm getting the senioritis, if you say a little bit, so I'm going for like 4.1. <laughs> okay, but that's because you're taking AP classes, I guess? Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just taking a lot of classes, making sure when I get to Kentucky I'm almost uh, possibly a sophomore. I mean, that's incredible right there. And you're not at like a, like a rinkety-dink public school that doesn't care about it. You're at a like top-notch academic ex- uh, Catholic school, all-boys Catholic school, right? Yeah. We're, uh, if Some statistics about our school, if people don't know, is that we're uh, 17th in the world for our, our, uh, our, for our uh, academic team we have at our school, and we're like one of the top five in math in the whole, in the whole entire world. So our school is uh, full of uh, geniuses who's probably going to end up at Harvard and Stanford. So I mean, this is—I mean—he's getting it done That's at, a, great. at a high level. Congratulations! And, and so, Thank you so much. and the one thing that impresses me because I think truly great players are great at try to be great at everything they do, and that's the one thing I noticed about Carl. You know, Carl enters into his first ever slam dunk contest, and he's not in it to just a, you know just a place. He's in there to win. So, tell tell people about how you got into that dunk contest up in Springfield, and uh, were you surprised that you won? Um, you know, for me, when I stepped on. When I stepped on the court for the three-point contest, I thought I had. I thought I, um, it being one of my uh, major, major positives in my game. I thought I was going to win. Uh, I shot really too slow. I shot more like game instead of like a three-point contest. Yeah, because so, you didn't get through the rack. You got no. I yeah. didn't get through two racks, and I was already at thirteen. So I was more likely going to make it to the finals if I shot quicker. But you know, it's okay. At least if it goes in in the game, then that's that. That's what matters, you know. But. Uh, but uh, after losing that, I was uh, I told the guys I was like uh, Stanley Johnson, who was good friends with me and everything, was saying, "Yo, bro, just just join the dunk contest. You never know what may happen." I was like, "Nah, you know, I don't know. I've never been in a dunk contest before." He's like, "Just do it, so you never you could never go back and say I, you never tried the dunk contest at Springfield." So I said, "You know what? No doubt." So I told them during the dunk contest that I'll be the last participant, and. Uh, to be honest with you, it was some great dunkers like Stanley Johnson. You know, even in my school, Wade Baldwin and Wade Baldwin uh, who jumped over you at the dunk. What jumped yeah, over? What, what about that? But the thing is, people don't know. He's been practicing that dunk for about a year now, so he's been able to do that since last year if he really wow. wanted to. Wait till I was going to ask you. You never, you never joined, you never joined a dunk contest. You never thought about it, so you weren't planning these dunks. 
No, he's not at all. I didn't even kids. have any dunks. He literally yeah, has two dunks. Dunk. <laughs> That's what kid, I mean. You know these kids going on there with 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 these dunk contests in mind. They've been practicing these things forever, and he just does it on a whim and wins. Man, that's awesome. It's funny. They were on the sixth person on a dunk contest, and I think I was the the eleventh. You were, I yeah. The, I was the eleventh. I I told them I'll join at when the, when the sixth person was up. I didn't even have no idea I was going to join. I had no dunks planned. I just went up there and just. I just winged it. <laughs> That's awesome. Went through the legs. It was nice. I can do yeah. that. Yeah, Not you can bad. Do it. I yeah. can do that. It was good. I mean, it, was, it was nice. It was legit dunk. You know, <laughs> he didn't jump over a seven-footer or anything like that. But, no, you know. no, 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 no. I he could if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, uh, you've been watching this Kentucky team. What's it, what's it like for you to watch the, con- the current Kentucky Wildcats, and then how much interaction do you have with those guys? Uh, I think – for me, I really uh, I love watching just the Kentucky team. Come on, you're going to Kentucky. You know, you always want to watch every game. You become the biggest fan, and um, I just watch the Kentucky team, and I see a lot of just a lot of just talent. Just you just see NBA players mostly walking around the court, and that's it's so funny because you know years to come you're going to be seeing them on uh, TV on NBA TNT, and Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith are talking about them at halftime. So it's uh, you know it's just a great feel. But I have a a lot of interaction with them. They're all great kids. Uh, a lot of them are my good friends, and I just see, uh, I just see them doing big things in life. And especially, I'm just so happy to see uh, a good friend of mine from childhood, Dakari Johnson, picking it up recently. Yeah, he's been playing just amazing. So, when during the recruiting process, do those NBA Kentucky players ever reach out to you to kind of talk to you about you know going to Kentucky? Nah, not they really didn't because. Uh, we were so focused on when we ever had the chance to talk to each other, it was always during the Dominican team, and we really never got a chance to really run into each other's paths a lot. So once I, you know, sometimes I ran into them, it wasn't even about Kentucky. It was more about just, you know, have a great game, you know, how's life and everything. And then um, probably, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but probably the best one of the best experiences for you in the last four years is being able to play on the Dominican national team. A lot of A lot of your other peers out there get to play on the you know the under 17 team or whatever and play with a lot of the guys that are at their level you know or their age group but you got to go play with pros yeah what was that like oh it was a beautiful thing you know it's different you know everyone wanted me to play the aau circuit and everything but how can you turn down a chance to play professionally during the summer you know that's just you know for me i thought that was the easy decision to make and you know play professionally the whole summer i uh, there's no knock today you at all, but you know it's just a different game and it was a different style. And I would love to have played it every time I had a chance. So, being with the Dominican team was such a blessing for me and my family. You know, getting to see how the life is when you're a professional basketball player. You know, you get to you get to live it for a little bit. And um, I just one it's just the best experience. I even got to play against uh, Kentucky. Kentucky great Anthony Davis and uh, got to match up to him, match up with him head to head and you know it's games like those that make that whole summer worth it and you get to practice so hard with Al Horford who would have been an All Star this year if he didn't tear his pectoral muscle and was uh you know just Jack Michael who's an overseas superstar and just everybody Francisco Garcia and when you play games and you play with a team like that, when you come back, you learn so much that it changes the game, especially high school basketball to you. Well, I think also, the, to me, you know, a lot of the times when you're playing with the other 17-year-olds out there, you kind of get grouped in as this great kind of player, and you've you got to be the leader, and you can learn leadership from that. But when you get the chance to go play with those pros to teach you how to approach it every day 
and how to go about it on a daily basis. And, you know, to them, you're a good player, but you're really just like this 17-year-old kid who's trying to make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that humility in there, was, was, that, was that part of it too? Um, you know, for me, when I played on the Dominican team, it was a whole different style than you ever see in AAU. You don't learn the ways of watching tape. You know, you don't, there's such an art of watching tape that people don't realize that I had to go through so much with the Dominican team for two years. Uh, practice skills, uh, habits, everything you do on the Dominican team has to done, be done at a professional level. And um, I just learned so much of that from the Dominican team that when I came back to St. Joe's and watching games, we were able to uh, dissect the opponent even more and uh, study even better for our upcoming games. And I think when you play in a Dominican team, you know, the best part about it was that how humbled you get. Uh, you're not going to be the man on the team. You're going to be one of the guys just helping the team win. And that was one of the biggest things because people who know me know I love winning and I'll do anything to, to win. So, uh, you know, it's the best part that I had to prove myself and uh, I earned every single minute I got. And the best part was that just – Leaving there, knowing that I made a name for myself in Dominican Republic, and I have nothing left to, I have uh, nothing left I could have did. And then uh, you also had the side benefit of obviously getting the, which will give you the leg up on the other freshmen. I would assume you get to play for Coach Cal and Coach O, so you kind of got a feel what it's going to be like when you step on the floor, in you know in August and and get in there with in the workouts and stuff like that. You know kind of what to expect, right? Yeah, you know, for me, I think that. Um, I just have I had the idea, you know, how Coach Cal's coaching style is, and you know, I just I understand them very very well. That I just can't wait to you know really go to Kentucky and we could really work hard on hopefully bringing another national championship. I've got a quick question for you. I don't want to put you in the spot too bad, but uh, you're coming you're coming to Kentucky. Um, you've got that great experience playing with those other great players. How do you prepare for for the media? Uh, scrutiny that, that's that's coming. Some of the players uh, hearing that they've been criticized, and and how do you how do you prepare yourself for all the for, for the big being under the microscope? Yeah, you know, for me, you know, I I have such a great family, and I have such a great support system that for me, make my life has been a lot easier than uh, a lot of people realize. So you know, for me, when you have such a great family, a great support system, uh, it makes makes dealing with everyday life of being a uh, you know, a, a supposedly phenom, phenom of a basketball player makes it a lot easier. And when you have stuff like that, it makes the game a lot more fun. Uh, also, there's a great thing that uh, that was made years ago, but I utilize it now today, too. Uh, it has wood floors, and it's called a gym. So I use that a lot more <laughs> in my go. time. There you go. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great answer. Great answer. <laughs> and, you know, you were just talking about your, your, your great family. you got, you know, your mom who uh, is – Quite possibly the loudest person in the gym every time you oh, play. Oh God, she! You if if you really wanted to have an emergency call, don't even call nine one one. Just have her go outside and scream for you. You know that's a typical Dominican woman, right? <laughs> <laughs> so then you got uh, and, and your dad though. Uh, a lot of people don't know your dad's also a local high school coach up in New Jersey as well. What's yes. it, what's it like growing up as a coach's son? And then you know you all never really did you ever play for him at all? Uh yes, I did. Um, for me. My dad's always been part of my life. I've been able to have such a great dad where, you know, not only did he teach me right from wrong and, and you know, do the ordinary dad stuff, he also taught me uh, how to, you know, support everybody, be a teammate, and also how to work hard. Um, my dad, for my whole life, has been my coach when I was in T-ball. When I first started playing basketball, baseball, he was my first coach when I started playing basketball. So 
my dad always knew how to um, balance me out with him. And, you know, me and my dad always had those fights, you know, where he's I'm the coach's son and he's uh and he's the father but he's also the mic coach so me and him have really got that report down after years of years of fighting and arguing but my dad has been my coach when i was in 7th grade 8th grade 6th grade i think it was a t- we played on a team called team njabc mm-hmm. and um you know me and him were uh were just father and son trying to make it in the world and slowly but surely we were putting the name of the town's family on the map on the map so and then, I think so, me and him have been doing a great job of not only letting basketball help me and him and our family, but also having it bring us closer together. And then, you know, so is it difficult with him coaching at Piscataway Tech? Um, you know, he probably does. Does he get to be at a lot of your stuff still? Or I mean, how's that work out schedule wise? Sadly, no. He really doesn't get to come to a lot of my games at all, uh, due to us being both in the same. Uh, how you say in the same state right we're we're mostly having our games on the same days so it's very hard for him and he really hates it a lot that he doesn't get to come see me especially on my last year but um my dad really makes a big sacrifice because he knows that um he loves coaching and it's something it's something when you love doing something and he just loves coaching and i can't see him going away from it and i just it's it's funny because every time i tell him like he comes home we always compare records and Let's put it like this. My record's a lot better than his. But <laughs> yeah, this is, especially this year. <laughs> and I always tell him to play us. I always wanted to play. I've never played my dad's team in all my years at St. Joe's, and we always come one game short of playing them. Oh, man. And then you've got two amazing sisters as well. One of them's in the Dominican doing some, like, mission work, right? Uh, I have one sister. One she's sister, here. Yeah, she's she was in the Dominican Republic, but now she has uh, come back for a little bit. She's... Uh, with me a little bit more, so I'm always glad to have my sister around because I haven't really got to see her in the last two years a lot. I really haven't got to see her a lot, so you know, it's always glad to. Uh, I'm always glad to see her a lot more now. Well, and uh, you know, Carl, I just really appreciate you coming on. Uh, your dad, just so everyone knows, it started off the season a little slow with Piscataway Tech, but they are on a four-game winning streak. So, you know, you got to put that out there for Carl Town Senior. <laughs> Let him know that <laughs> that we're paying attention down here in Kentucky. You know. He's been a, ever since he met me, at least he's on like a four-game winning streak. That's what we can go with. So I just gave I don't know what winning streak he's on right now, but let's just say if he stepped on the court with St. Joe's, he may uh, he may have to lose that winning streak. And you got, are you down to one more high school regular season game? Is that what it is? Is senior night coming up for you? When is senior night? See, it's funny you say that because I have no idea what my schedule is. I just step on the court and when uh, – when coach says, Carl, we got a game tomorrow, I'm just like, okay, coach, I'll be there. <laughs> he just wins games. He just wins. He just sets on four I wins. just go out there. He's I too just busy go studying. out there. Whenever he tells me yeah. there's a game, I go and step out. That's right. He's way too busy studying, so that's good for him. <laughs> yeah, he comes UK to academic rigors to come down a little bit for him, and there you go. Well, you time. know, we've had some Kentucky Wildcats lately who have been pretty good students. Brandon Knight, John Wall was a good student. Come on now. All right, so, uh, Carl, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon, but uh, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you later. Oh, no, I had a blast with you guys. Uh, thank you for everything. See you, Carl. Be well. What a well-spoken young man. I mean, that's – He's ready. Yeah. He's ready. He's polished, right? He is polished. I mean, he's perfect answers. He is ready. That kid, he's – you know, being a high school teacher, okay, and a coach in high school, you get a kid. You see kids like that that's got the great grades, that's got – you know, the way he's the way he was talking, his dad's probably – when he was coaching him, was probably harder on him than every other kid. Oh, and no, that, his dad is. I know. And that's and that right there makes you just 
the most uh, courageous athlete that, that – that, 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 I mean, the kid gets it. Yeah. He's, I, that, that's going to be fun watching that kid come out. Yeah. I mean, even if he is only there for already. a year or two years, you, you know the kid's got the support behind him to be successful. And it's just, you know – you, you root for a kid like that. Just, you know. He similar. said all the right things. I mean, 20-minute interview with a high school kid. He said all the right things. Right. And it wasn't like we were trying to drag answers at him. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, I think I told you last, he kind of looks like a young Muhammad Ali in the face. He's got the, and he's got that, not the same charisma of Muhammad Ali, not that same kind of uh, aura around Muhammad Ali that you get. But you, it's it's kind of eerily similar when you're around the kid. You know, it's like you want to be around this kid. And it's just, uh, he's a pretty amazing guy. Well, I know we're coming up on a break, but, I mean, that he, on a – 6'11", 235 kid, he is three-point contest. We talked about that earlier with, with the guards. I mean, it's, you, know, you get guards and, and forwards that are 6'6", six, six, you know, shooting guards, 6'7", six, shooting. I mean, he's, the game is getting taller, and, and, and you can do everything. And he really can. He steps out. That's where his game is. I mean, he steps out and hits that three. It's it's pretty impressive. So, And the best thing I like about him, he's super confident in his abilities. Yes, he is. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So, you got to have some of that, or you're not going to. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Kentucky's missing some of that, some of that swagger right now. Where I'm going to take over this game, and you're going to get on my back. And he's a, and when you watch him, he's a team player because that Wade Baldwin kid that plays high school basketball with him going to Vandy next year. He's got another kid, Marquise Towns, who's a, a pretty good basketball player. Who's he's got a bright future. Have he hadn't committed yet? So I mean, he's got talent on his team that you know. And, but it's unselfish sharing the ball. He's a great passer. I mean, there, there's a lot to like about Carl Towns. That's awesome. All right, so we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. we got two seconds left here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I'm being back to shape of the streets to stay awake to the ways of the world. This is deep. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back, sports fans. We are here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. That is by my favorite Ice Cube song right there, by the way. Really? Yes, that is my favorite Ice Cube song. Which, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Natural Born Killers with him and... Uh, Dr. Dre. All right, that's a good warm-up, like pump-up song kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it is. That's good. I, I just love that uh, Today Was a Good Day song. I always like Steady Mobbing. Steady Mobbing's a good one, too. On the corner singing Bean Pass. Anybody that's, <laughs> anybody that's in high school have no idea. They have no they, clue they, they what think talking that about. He's a, they think he's well, an Well, they actor. think that today's stuff is rap music. He's they, an actor. It's not rap No, today's, no, today's stuff is pop. Those guys were poets back in the day. You know, They really got after it. So, yeah, it's not. It's That's sellout rap today. Yeah, yeah that doesn't even count. So, um... We, you know, great interview with Carl Towns. It was awesome. Uh, great uh, kid. Great, great kid. kid. Really appreciate him coming on. I'm, we, I'm a fan already. And that's a Louisville guy talking there. I am a fan already. He's on the cusp of switching. I can just hear it. I mean, he is. He's working. <laughs> no, on he this. no. There's no way. No, no I'm, I'm not switching. But you know, <laughs> anytime mutual respect. But I, I will say this: I'm not switching. But there are certain players and aspects I do like about Kentucky's program. Mm-hmm. And 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 I will say that. Like I love the way Mark Stoops recruits. I love the fire he has. Um, I, I tell people all the time I'm more of a of a Calipari fan than I am a, a Rick Pitino fan. There you go. Yeah, and I, you well, know. there's I don't I don't necessarily blame you there. I I, I think that I don't like the the way Pitino. Uh, I, I don't like his his game plans. We talked about that. I, I think that once it doesn't work, and, you know, it's gone with Pitino. You know, if it plan A well, did win the national title last year. No, no, no. I'm uh. not saying he's bad. I mean, but but you know, if you think about where we are, which that's something I was going to ask. 
uh, Carl Towns Jr., but I, I, I backed off of the question because, you know, I didn't want to bombard the kid. But, you know, he's coming into a hostile area where it's, you know, this is college basketball area. I mean, it's all college sports. I also there's think not though, a lot the, of places like that. The kids are kind of prepared for that just because of, like, once you commit to UK UofL and the Twitter followers you pick up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think I think they get somewhat prepared from that standpoint. Yeah, plus playing for a national team. I'm sure yeah. that, that, that spotlight. Well, he's got a lot of experience pros. playing with Garcia. I mean, he played with Francisco Garcia. He played with he played against Edgar Sosa. Yeah, I mean, there's so many players that he got that he he got he got. I guarantee he got humbled that day. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the business <clears throat> of sports. We, last week we talked about Notre Dame switching to Under Armour, which obviously a, huge. It's, well, I mean, for me, I mean, it's like the golden ticket. Now I just got to get Kentucky to switch to Under Armour, and I'm I'm you never know, I'm set. They're going to stick with Nike. I got way too many Nike. Yeah, they do. Well, Nike I mean, would, I Nike had a, would never. You had to box up. Yeah. I boxed up every single thing I had with the, you know. You'd go broke. And so if, I, you, if, they, yeah. if Kentucky went, went under, <laughs> you, you'd go broke and your wife wouldn't let, you know. So, you know, obviously that's where my commitment is, is with the under people. But Adidas, so Adidas loses Notre Dame. And then this week, Adidas loses Tennessee. Okay, it was Tennessee that, that, that switched. Tennessee's going to Nike. That's what it was. Okay, I, I don't know why I thought it was Virginia, but it was Tennessee. I know it was a big time program that, that, that was switching. That's a, I mean, that's a big freaking program. That's and, huge, especially in football. I mean, that's so like that's Adidas has lost those right. two big, and then now you got to also remember this year, Coach Patino's deal with Adidas is up. Mm-hmm. Next year, the university's deal with Adidas is up. You know, could Louisville be the next one of these big schools to Louisville's gone. switch? I, I think they're gone too. Louisville's gone, and they're gone. And to me, it'd be interesting to see what type of deal Under Armour puts out there because for the basketball for the football side it doesn't matter I don't, I don't think too much I don't think no, Under Armour's football stuff is great I mean. yeah but I mean for the football side as far as getting players and it doesn't really matter too much as far as football recruiting who you're you know who you're, you're what, 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 what shoe company sponsors well not only like that I think Under Armour has made such a stride in the football side especially on the prep level it's, it's the basketball side that I'm wondering how big of a commitment Under Armour. I mean, making an $80 million commitment to Notre Dame is huge. But the other, the other side of the shoe company is like how many, you know, teams, or AU teams are going to sponsor? How many tournaments are they going to sponsor? You know, are they going to put that type of weight behind it to take it to the next level? Because, you no, know, Nike's doing it. Adidas is doing it. Adidas really needs to step up their game a lot. But – you know, that, that's the only thing that I'm, I'm waiting to see. All right, so you want to get in my field, a little basketball recruiting here then. I will tell you right now that this year there is a lot more Under Armour talent out there than there was a top Under Armour talent than there was Adidas talent. And that's sad. Adidas should never let – I'm not really sure how, how does Adidas let this happen. I don't know because you had Miles Turner is by – and this is all because my buddy Evan Daniels. This is all scout.com rankings. Miles Turner, Under Armour guy, second best player in the country. Emmanuel Moutier, Under Armour guy, third best player in the country. Um, you have, at one point, oh, well, Carl Towns, the 11th best player in the country. Isaiah Whitehead, the 12th best player in the country. Rashad Vaughn, the 13th best player in the country, was Under Armour before he switched and played EYBL. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, never really, he was a little magic before. He was Adidas, so I guess that didn't really count. But they have uh, Keita Bates-Jop, another, you know, they had if probably – Six or seven guys that are top twenty players in the country. I mean, they got Under Armour's got talent with those guys. And and see, that's where, if that's the case, and if Under Armour has that kind of talent, they're making that big of a push. Adidas 
better watch out. I mean, cause first of all, Adidas lost their flagship school. Lose Notre Dame was well, they see their, their Adidas flagship says, school. Adidas puts Michigan as their flagship school. Really? And they don't make any bones about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why when you got a program like Tennessee, when you got success that Louisville's had the last four years and Adidas doesn't ante up and make a bigger and deal that. and magnify that, mm-hmm. when you got a school like Kansas who kind of Adidas has out there but still kind of – Michigan is the, is the program that they put on the forefront. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't because Michigan – football has been subpar the past almost seven years now. Almost seven, eight years now. Michigan has not Well, since been. Ohio State and Michigan were one and two, and they weren't really one and two because the SEC was – I mean, Florida went in just – what was that, 2006, 2007? Yeah. yeah, that's probably about – yeah. It was Tim Tebow's jump pass. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, look at – I know like um, UCLA is still uh, Adidas. Currently, the University of Louisville is. Indiana. Indiana. I mean – Cincinnati. Cincinnati. But you had – but how can you not consider – like, why, why would you ever even come out and say that – Michigan's our, is our flagship school. It, it, we lost Notre Dame. That's cool. That doesn't make that. any sense. It makes any sense at all. None. Because Notre Dame as a football product is a and much bigger football well, from product. Not only sale. that, but they're all over the, all up and down the table. Yeah. Notre Dame has better athletics than Michigan. Well, nationwide, though. I mean, just think of the fan base nationwide. Michigan's got a great national following. But, but Notre but Dame, not, a, a, that's a whole different level. Yeah. It's a whole different level. And that doesn't make you any sense. you got a whole sense. religion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just... I think someone has to be Adidas has to start to get a lot more aggressive. Number one, two. I mean, Nike comes out with these pro combat uniforms and all this other cool stuff, and Adidas has just been kind of slow to the table with their designs and marketing. You know, they just really have to. They really have to step their game up. I think they need to pick a sport. Well, I'm, I'm thinking. With- I'm really excited because I know, like Under Armour, they're they're mocking up our uniforms right now for the Derby Classic, completely custom, trying to push the envelope. Yeah. I mean, I'm just. And that's why I mean, Adidas just doesn't. I mean, the uniforms just don't. I mean, they're, they're the classic uniforms, but you know, they just don't have that that same type of swag. Like case of like, like Louisville's uniforms. They first got the new Adidas, uh, stretch rules tight uniforms. That was a good what four years after Nike unveiled those same uniforms, and all the Nike schools already had like the really tight, you know, uh, stretch fit, you know, football outfits. You know, Miami had it like three or four years before Louisville had it. And, you know, you just can't let, you know, this is a game of, of one-upmanship. You know, once they come out with these cool-looking uniforms or the pro combats, you got to match it. And then, like, the Adidas, I mean, like the underarm uniforms for Maryland for football. Some people thought they're ugly. Some people thought they're cool. But, but they push the envelope. Yeah, they push the envelope. And Adidas was still just doing the Well, that's what I like about Under Armour because you can push the envelope with, the you know, a school like Maryland that wants to push the envelope. But you could do the classic uniform with Auburn. And it's just, you know, the way they want to do it. And Notre Dame will have their choice. I mean, Notre Dame more than likely is going to stay with that classic look, but they also have shown with that Shamrock series that they're not afraid of mixing it up a little bit here and there. Yeah, and and, and, and they come to the Louisville. I know Bobby is not afraid to go ahead and mix it up. Because, I mean, this year we already know Louisville's going to play at some point, maybe two or three games with the black uniforms, with the uh, metallic helmets. It's, it's going to happen. Which are sweet, by the way. Yeah, that's a sweet uniform. We, need, we can get into that. We need to get into that in a minute, too. What's that? We've, with, the, with the Petrino coming in and in the comments. Well, yeah, I mean, so. A segue, there we go. Yeah, we got a good segue. It, <clears throat> earlier this week, there was an article in the Courier Journal. Uh, I think Tim Sullivan wrote it. Uh, interviewing Coach Patino, And, you know, 
if we go, if we remember back to when the whole Bobby Petrino thing happened, and by the way, our guys at KentuckySports.co were the first to break the official story that not only that Petrino was hired at Louisville, but that Jeff Brown was hired at Western Kentucky. So that's a great website if you get a chance. Go check that out. Tuesday night, Petrino comes out, or Petino comes out and said there's no chance Petrino gets hired as a football coach. At the same time, he's hired. Jurich is in a nine-hour <laughs> exactly. interview with Petrino, you know, trying to figure this whole thing out. In Patino's comments, um, two things kind of ring out to me. He was very upset that he was not given a heads up or any kind of notification. I don't think he wanted to have a say in what happened. He just wanted to know what was going on and be kept in the loop. And, and the reason why, uh, from what I gathered from the article, is he was upset because he figured that bringing in Patrino would kick up all this dust about you know what happened with him and the infidelities in his life. So, is that fair? I mean, you know, from from Patino's standpoint, you know, I can see that because you know that's you, that's in the past. You kind of killed it. You know, you did everything you had to do to kind of you know tamp down the fires and make people forget and just kind of move on. But I personally don't think that's the whole story. I think that's just half the story. I think the rest of the story is that the last time Bobby was here, I think that. Patino kind of felt a little of the shine moving from basketball and really floated over towards football because, you know, that time Bobby was what we beat North Carolina like 70 to 7, beat Oregon State 77 to 7, put 70 points on. Uh, beat Miami. Yeah, beat Miami. And, and that Miami was still good at that particular point. Right. So, you know, I, I think the problem is, is that. Patino, uh, Petrino actually was taking a little bit of spotlight, was taking a little bit of shine off of basketball, and our light was being refocused on football in a way that, you know, Charlie was a great coach. He had great wins, and Louisville won a lot of games, like 23-3 and three the past two years. But he never had, like, those big blowout dominant well, in, in a bowl game, he had those big blowout dominating wins. You know, but during the season, he never really had those big dominating super blowout wins against quality opponents. He's also soft-spoken. Yeah, he's also soft-spoken. He doesn't, he doesn't want the media attention. He Charlie want, doesn't yeah. like that. And a lot of people think he's not going to be good at, at Texas yeah. or successful at Texas because of that very reason. He's not going to be able to to, to showcase that program yeah, he, the way they need to at Texas. Yeah, but, but he may not have that job. And Petrino's not really the most media-friendly guy, but Petrino's good for a he's couple of He's not the most friendly guy, period. He's not. But he, he really but he can coach football. But he's good for a couple of quotes. And he's also good for having great offenses that's going to put a whole bunch of butts in the seat Yep, and it's going to get people refocused on your program because they're going to score points, and they're going to score a lot of points. And especially the talent that he has inherited from uh, Charlie, they're going to score a whole lot of points. A whole lot of points. They are. And I think a lot of, you know, especially U of L kind of having little struggles here in basketball a little bit, and that, that spotlight is shifted. You can tell the message boards. You know, the, the spotlight shifted big time once Petrino was hired, and then it's folks on recruiting classes and coaches, and our spotlight has shifted. And next year, you know, you start a recruiting class that's losing guys left and right. Oh, it's, 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 it's horrible. It's all recruiting class. I, I, I hear that Bobby is trying to because they have one more spot open for a coach, and I hear Bobby's going after one or two guys that are known for being great recruiters. Okay, and I, I'll give you one name. Okay, I, I, I'm hearing from tea leaves. He's trying to get Ron Zook. Really? Who's a horrible head coach. But a great mm-hmm. assistant coach. A great assistant coach. And a hell of a recruiter. Yes. 
So if he can if he can get that and get that kind of guy on a on a and on a there's roster, some connection there because wasn't Brom uh, yes. on the coaching staff Him with Ron Zook? Brom and Paul both played for uh, both a coach under Zook Zook Illinois. So I mean, there's definitely connections with the two coaching staffs. So that's where he's going. And uh, well, you know, P- Patino may not like it, and, no. and and well, he'll get over it. Well, but it also after he realizes it, he it, he changes. I think winning the national championship with. Kentucky was the best thing that, that happened for Patino to revitalize what he was doing. There you go. All right, we're going to take our last break, and we will be right back for our final segment of the Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, sports fans, last segment of the morning. Great show today so far. What do you have? Awesome. It's been fantastic. It's been awesome. So, uh, and we got, of course, you got to end a great show with the cherry on top and one of the legendary sports callers in this area, Carolina Steve. The great one himself. Carolina, I know you want to talk about the Super Bowl, don't you? Well, I want to talk about your uniforms to start off with. Okay. I'm not a fan of Nike. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Why not, Carolina? I think. The, their shoes, when I was coaching high school football in North Carolina, their shoes, actually, we had used ponies the year before, hadn't had an ankle or knee injury, used Adidas. I mean, not Adidas, but uh, Nike. And I had like four knee injuries with uh, the Nikes, and I've never been a fan of them since. Well, I mean, because how long ago was that? Excuse me? How long ago was that? He ain't going to tell. Was yeah, you will. A, uh, quite a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, shoes have come a long way. <laughs> now we're in my mouth. Yeah, I, I can understand that, but shoes have definitely come a long way. I mean, especially, like, I look at the Under Armour basketball shoes. They got kind of a bad rap, but over the last three or four years, they've really come along and been, they, they put out a pretty good basketball shoe now, so. Uh, but you got it, overcoming that stigma is tough to do. I, I'm I am pretty much pro Under Armour because of who developed Under Armour. We're gonna have to but like take this show and send it to Under Armour. University of Maryland. Okay. Oh, all right. There you go. Hey, Carolina, though, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl tomorrow? Or yeah, well, tomorrow. I'd like to see uh, Archie, uh, not Archie, but Peyton win it. But uh, I don't know that defense. That reminds me so much of the Oakland Raiders when they had uh, Jack Tatum and uh, Marcus Haynes and uh, George Atkinson and oh, Lester Hayes, Hayes, people like that. Lester Bill, Hayes. Bill was a, yeah. I mean, uh, I would, if Peyton wins tomorrow, he'll be the first quarterback ever in history to win with two different teams, right? I think two, or three, correct. Teams, two yeah. or three teams have taken – Two teams, two, do, yeah, but they haven't won two. Right, no one does. I think it's the first one. That's incredible. What team won three consecutive Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks? Oh man, that's a good one. Let's see. It's it has an easy a... answer. I got think th- of the sport I really like. Okay, NASCAR racing. Yes. Yep. But it's not Carolina. What? <laughs> what former football uh, coach? Oh, Gibbs. 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 Gibbs won it with Theismann, Williams, 
and Mark Rippon. I, I took that the, the wrong way. I thought he meant three years in a row with three different quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah but oh yeah, I remember those those Washington Redskins teams. Yep, anchored by John Riggins. He had Riggins as a running back, uh, and he. Uh, it's just that I was I was a big uh, fan of Joe Gibbs because where I lived in North Carolina when I was uh, in high school, we got two two teams there. This was before national television. We got the Redskins and the Colts, and I've never pulled for the Colts ever since they moved to. Uh, Indianapolis because they were one of the teams that I used to enjoy watching and uh, they moved them out of there. I mean, I, that that was about as close. That or the Redskins, either one was about as close as I could get. That's Baltimore, right? Yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore Colts. Colts. They left in the middle of the night. Made everybody upset. Mm-hmm. Well, Carolina, Baltimore today is the first day of February and we are two weeks away from Speed Weeks. Are you ready? Oh, man, I love it. I'm, uh, I'm getting the cold chills. Uh, uh, this week starts with my favorite uh, sports uh, going on. Uh, one of my favorite golf tournaments is uh, the one from uh, Phoenix. And they've got and my favorite golfers tied for the lead. Who's that? Bubba. Bubba. Bubba, Bubba Watson. Watson. All right. Well, you got to become a Jordan Spieth and, fan, so I mean, and support that Under Armour there too. So, or Hunter Mahan. So, yeah, uh, Hunter is. Have you ever seen him, Hunter Mahan's wife? No, she. <laughs> should I should She's I look that one up? Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. All right, we'll check that out. All right, and everything, and y'all have a good. Hope everybody uh, enjoys the Super Bowl tomorrow, and everything, and y'all got a great. I love the way y'all were talking about the. Uh, different, you know, teams and uh, uh, things. I just, the, the, the two, my favorite Nike team, and I think has the shor- uh, the sharpest-looking football jerseys, is Alabama. The classic Alabama jersey. Uh, Carolina, thanks a lot, and I appreciate you coming You have on. a good one. All right, have thank you. Carolina. And, uh, all right, we got, we got another caller. We got to go to Doug. Doug, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Okay, Doug? how you doing? We're good. All right, uh, I want to ask you something. Well, I didn't hear Larry Bird got to stand uh, Andrew Banner to the Pacers. You know he's been a head case for a year in the hell, right? They got to do all that for Yeah, yeah, you know what? what I, you yeah, you know, I, I, I was reading about that trade last night by Andrew Bynum going to the Pacers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh, now, that doesn't make sense for Indianapolis. He doesn't no, fit there. No, it doesn't, because I'm not sure... I mean, the, the team has great chemistry now. Why would you go and kind of, you know, flub up the chemistry. When you're on a great run, uh, probably the best team in the NBA right now, you really don't need, like, any extra help. And it's done. I mean, he signed. Yeah. I mean, I, I just – I look at that and just say, you know, you have this team of guys who just really get what it is to play basketball as a team. And you've got some legitimate superstars on that team, you know, with Paul George. And, and I like I like Hibbert a lot. And – yeah. Why why you go and mess that up? I don't know. I mean, I think they could compete with Miami this year, no problem. I think they had a chance. I agree. Doug? Yeah, uh, well, they, they tie themselves saying to Andrew Bannon to keep him away from the heat. But I don't think Pat Riley didn't want him, no way. Well, we'll see what happens with him. I, I, I kind of look at that kid as like he's kind of been, you know, obviously hasn't produced the way everyone thought it would be. He's also been kind of a cancer for teams, I think. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's not fair for me to to judge him that way. We'll All see. right, Dan. Y'all have a great day, man. All right, no, Doug. Thank you. Have a great day as well.
All right, moving in. What what are your predictions? What are the keys for tomorrow's Super Bowl? Well, the weather's victory. The weather's going to be important. I mean, I, you, well, it's, it's, it's going to be fair. It's going to be like uh, I think like the game's going to start at thirty uh, forty five, go down to thirty three. So it's not going to be cold, but it's going to be cold. Could be could be rain, right? I, actually, I think it's going to be the weather's going to be fine. Okay, I mean, uh, to me, you know, it's going to come down to how much pressure can the Seahawks put on Peyton. You know, if they can, if if Peyton's comfortable and can sit in the pocket, I know that Seahawks' defense is great, but I I think Peyton can pick apart anybody he wants to within fifteen yards. Well, I think that's why it's going to be the 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 corners and their linebackers stunting on that first five yards. Going to be they can if they can eliminate that that first, that ten to the ten to fifteen yard curl route or or quick slants that that game's over. You know, what? Then, but I don't think they will. I think the I think the Broncos win. What? Well, the- I think what's going to happen, the Legion of Boom, they're going to be able to play a very physical game with Denver's wide receivers and tight ends. And I think they're, I think they intentionally may, may take a couple of penalties maybe to rough them up and then I give them a couple of good hard shots come over the middle so they think twice about, you know, coming over the middle or really going out and extending for, you know, balls maybe airing and things of that nature. Um, I'm not sure – how Denver is ready to play that type of physicality of a team, both offense and defense, because even offensively, Seattle is still a very physical smash mouth with, with beach mode type I mean, of yeah type of team. So I'm not sure, you know, how Denver's going to fare against that physicality. Because last year when they played the um, the Ravens, you know, the Ravens were another very physical, physical team. team, and. You know they can all the hits and things of that nature. Peyton was taking kind of, you know, kind of had. Well, had it throws you off the game. game a little bit. It'll yeah. throw you off. Game. And, and Seahawks have the best defense in the NFL, and there's no doubt about it. To me, to me, this game's all about adjustments. It's going to come down to. Yeah, it will. This is going to be a game between Peyton Manning and Seattle's defensive coordinator, and how many wrinkles and adjustments they're going to throw in throughout the game. Because one thing I noticed from watching the NFC Championship game was a great defensive adjustment by Seattle. I mean. And this didn't get enough pub because you know, Richard Sherman and you know and, yeah, and the interview. Over. But you know one of the things they did when Colin Kaepernick was running willy nilly, you know, all over the uh, the Seahawks defense, what they decided to do, they rushed him from the right. The defensive tackle and the defensive end on the left hand side of the line just stayed in their place. So you rush him from the right. You got a great rush on the right hand side. You flush him to the right. You cut the field in half and you ran him to the containment. And that's when everything started to change because you cut the field down. You cut the availability of receivers down because now he only had a half a field to work with, and then he can get pressure on his blind side, which is a phenomenal, you know, defense adjustment made by uh, uh, the, the the Seahawks uh, defense coordinator. Because I somewhat disagree with that. If they get a lot of pressure on Peyton, what's a, if you bring pressure, what are you losing? Well, now, coverage, coverage. Yeah, and he's, Peyton's going to pick no, him but, apart. But here's the thing: if though, you get too much, if pressure. you get pressure with just four, it, yeah, yeah, that's, and, that, and, if and you, you can. don't have to blitz, and Seattle has. The, the defensive line where well, they can get pressure with just four. Because even against the uh, uh, 49ers, they got pressure with really just their front four. They didn't blitz Colin Kaepernick hardly at all. It was pretty much their, their front four, and they got pressure. I, I still think they'll blitz, and they'll do some zone blitzing, so they try to uh, cover up their schemes. So they maybe see like one of the defensive ends drop out because they have very athletic defensive ends that can cover, especially the five- to ten-yard range, where any running backs trying to slip out the backfield, things of that nature. Their defensive end can kind of come out and kind of cover those guys. So I expect to see a lot of zone blitz, and they're going to try to rough up Peyton Man, especially the first quarter or two, trying to throw him off his game. Well, not only that, but I mean the the, the Broncos have got to, to me, figure out a way to make sure that they 
uh, take beast mode out of the game. If, if they make Russell Wilson be a passer, which he's capable of doing, but I don't think he's capable of beating them that way. It all comes down to how much you know they can control Marshawn Lynch. And could you, and you're a much better football guy than I am, and I self-admit that. Could you see where the Broncos take a guy like Danny Trevathan to, who's a good athlete, to just kind of you know spy on somebody like Lynch? Well, you know, that's kind of what San Francisco tried to do. And for most part of the game, San Francisco did have him bottled up. It wasn't. I mean, I mean, Beast Broncos like, defense is better than than San Francisco's. Oh no, hell no, 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 no. They, they are. Missing. They got two Kentucky no, guys on t- that team. Well, that's right, but you know. Kentucky guys. But, <laughs> but, but I'm telling you right now, Seattle had the best defense. San Francisco's defense was top four. No, they were number two. Yeah, they were number two. So Seattle was number one. And Patrick Willis was your second best linebacker on the team. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy how yeah. good they were. So I mean, they had a great defense, and you know, the one thing I like about Seattle is that they're patient. I mean, because the first half of the game, they kind of stomped, they kind of stopped beast mode. They kind of stacked the line of scrimmage, but they were very patient. They kept running. They kept running. They changed their, uh, they, they changed their routes that the receivers are running. They kind of pulled the linebackers away from line of scrimmage. They tried to, they tried to throw it deep to kind of loosen up that defense, which kind of allowed beast mode to get to that second level. And I expect to see them doing the same thing against, um, against the Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson is a very underrated quarterback. His wide receivers are eh. they're average. His wide receivers are average. He's tight. He's pretty good tight ends, but his wide receivers are average. You know, Golden Tate, Russell, those guys. But I'm almost surprised when we see him go deep to try to stretch that defense out to pull the linebackers off the line of scrimmage and, and open then, it up for beast mode. And then open up beast mode. And if they can run the ball, if they have any success at all running the ball, Seattle's going to win game over. Who's, is that your pick, Seattle? Defense wins championships. All right, he's going to Seattle. Seattle. You got? I got the Broncos, but I. But I agree with you. Defense wins championships. I just don't think that they're going to be able to pick apart Peyton Manning. I just hope Peyton makes history tomorrow. I, and I'd like to see, you know, Eli won in Peyton's backyard. I'd like to see Peyton win in Eli's backyard. I think it'd be a cool story. So I'm rooting for the story. And of course, I'm rooting for those Wildcats on. So I'm going to go with the Denver yeah, Broncos. And you got two well. Cardinals to play on Seattle. So. I thought there's one. There's two. two. Gray Scruggs. Oh, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, defensive tackle. All right, so we're, uh, we're ending up. Great show today. I, everybody needs to keep their radios tuned right here. To fourteen fifty because we got the Kentucky Heartbeat guys on next. They're going to to uh, bring us up to tip off for the Kentucky Wildcats at one o'clock. That the best pregame coverage you could possibly have, you know, is with the Kentucky Heartbeat guys. It's the Kentucky Heartbeat clan. There's like there are like, fifteen of them. In there's there. <laughs> literally thirty five people in studio, and they got signals they're throwing up. I want to send a, a very special thank you out to uh, Brandon J. Lawrence who's for sponsoring our show, the personal injury attorney. If you need him, call him at 502-587-0041 to reach the one of the best personal injury attorneys in the city of Louisville. And uh, I, I just can't tell you again, th- this was a lot of fun, guys. I mean, oh, yeah. What a great show. We had great callers. Great call- callers, great interviews. Great interviews. Head out to Fairdale today after the Kentucky game. Make sure we got to get Quentin Gooden and, uh, and Luke Kennard to come to the Wildcats. All those Wildcats fans need a show for that. Great show. We'll see you next weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Be safe.